Hello, Texans. It's the Vandermeer's View podcast. And today, Frank Frangi, who's the voice of the Jacksonville Jaguars and a very experienced traveler to London, as this is the seventh time the Jags are going over there. And Andre Ware also, who's been to London a few times, but never as a Houston Texans color commentator. In fact, he played in London. He vaguely remembers that and also played in Tokyo. So we'll talk to him about international travel. Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers, not so international. Thank goodness they're local. With 16 locations, two new ones popping up soon. The new food truck custom designed to bring the steak burgers, fries, and frozen custard you love to your event. Freddy's Original Double Steak Burger is a real game changer. Andre Ware, always a game changer. And, man, I need some help with my game traveling. The advice for jet lag, for getting over it all, for getting acclimated, let's get to that. Uh, plenty of water. That's uh, that's what you would start with, and just make sure you're hydrated because it's a long flight. Um, that that seems to always help me with jet lag. And then when you get there, uh, I've got a couple of favorite restaurants. So then it becomes what you want to do, what you have a flavor for, what you've read about in terms of the city that you're visiting. In this case, London, and uh, all that it has to offer. So just just kind of dive into the the culture there and become part of uh, of the everyday way, way of life. We're not there a whole lot or a long time, but it, it would, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Did you ever play a game overseas? Uh, yeah, in, uh, in Tokyo, of all places. I was in camp with uh, the Minnesota Vikings at the time with them, and we played the Kansas City Chiefs in uh, in – in Tokyo, I actually think I've played in London as well in a preseason game or a game against uh, the Cowboys when I was, I, mean, I know I did, mm. uh, against the Cowboys over there. So uh, this isn't my first trip to London by any stretch, and uh, and I've actually played a game there. How tough was it to go to Tokyo as an athlete and take the field and do all of that with that kind of travel situation to deal with jet lag-wise and otherwise? Yeah, you go over and it's it's early enough. The thing about preseason games is you leave, you can leave super early. Uh, when you get into the regular season, it's a little bit uh, different kind of deal uh, because there is such a short turnaround. But in the preseason, you can leave really early. Uh, there, you can get adjusted a lot better. We got a chance to visit an aircraft carrier. It's one of those things that you do one time in your life, and and that's enough because of the way you have to land and take off on an aircraft carrier. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it's uh, a little bit different, but for the, as far as the game, once once you get there and you start to prepare and prep, uh, and you share practices, we shared them with the Chiefs at that time. I got a chance. Joe Montana was with the Chiefs at that point in time, so you really, I really just studied and and watched him and how he went about uh, uh, his his business as a young when I was a young player. So it, it was very good, beneficial. Very cool. And as far as the aircraft carrier goes, I don't like pulling G's on a roller coaster, so I'm not going to do that. And no, I mean it's it's one of those things where they tell you when you're taking off to leave that if you hear sound after after ten seconds, you know you're in the air, and if you don't, then you know you're pretty much in trouble. So that that was uh, all I had to hear one time, <laughs> and one time doing it is uh, has been enough. Ouch. Hey, I know you do a lot of interviews out of town and everything, and everybody probably asks you about Deshaun Watson, and I never get tired of talking about him, but I'm, right. I, I don't know. It's funny because I'm wondering what else I can say about the guy. He's amazing. What do you say about him when people ask you what kind of quarterback he is and, and what he's doing for this football team right now? 
Well, I was, it's funny. I was talking to uh, a big group last night at the Astros game, and that you know a lot of people were asking about Deshaun and uh, what I said, the, the very question that you're asking. And I said, you know, this is no surprise to me. Uh, and, well, and they asked, well, why is that? I said, because I thought he should have been the first player drafted in that draft. I thought he was that good. I was that sure of it. And I think if you go back and uh, and and you reevaluate the whole draft and you shuffle the cards, maybe uh, Mahomes and a lot of eyes, but I know a lot of them would have changed their mind and their their thought process on, on where and when Deshaun uh, should have been drafted. It, it's no surprise to me is the message that I send. He, he's a, a, a transcendent player that a lot of guys, a lot of teams would love to have. Uh, each and every week, there's an awe moment in a game. Uh, like, you know, you, you took it away from him a week ago against the Colts. Well, he came back and showed it again the very next week against the Raiders. And so, um, and I'm talking about this, the, the play when they, mm-hmm. they blew it dead. And it was, should have been a touchdown pass in Indianapolis. Well, he made sure of it this week, and and uh, he's just he's just literally what Dabo Sweeney described to everyone is that he's Michael Jordan on a football field, and and that kind of that kind of plays out each and every week. We're lucky to have the seats that we're in. Yeah, and lucky to have DeAndre Hopkins too, but no JJ Watt for the rest of the season. So Andre, what do they do? And I know you've been asked this as well. What do they yeah. do to try to combat the loss of J.J. Watt on that defensive front? I think it's a lot of players, a lot of different mixtures of things, and, and you got to be real careful in how you do it and go about it because uh, you can't get too blitz crazy because you've got some inexperience right now that's playing on the back end, but you have to pick and choose when you do it. Uh, mix and rotate a, a handful of players. Amenahue's going to be big. Uh, he's going to have to really grow up in a, in a hurry and, and start to contribute in a major way. And I think he's got some talent there that uh, that can certainly get you by. There are going to be others other others that will have to step up in terms of rush defense. That on early, especially on early downs, you're going to have to stand in there and, and fight and scratch and not give up an inch. Uh, here and there, and others will have to make plays because of that. And it's it's just going to be a totally different way in which you go about playing defense with a player like J.J. out of the lineup. Well, we've been working together 18 years, so I'm sure you've seen the same thing I have and are concerned about the same thing, and that's Leonard Fournette, who's having a really good season. And you mentioned the early yeah. downs and needing to stop him. The Texans did a good job last time, but they're going to have to do that again and maybe more this time. Yeah, he seems that I'll tell you what, what's what's the difference in Leonard Fournette is that he's running behind a healthier offensive line. They've gotten some players back up front that uh that have opened some holes for him. And when you're playing with backups, we know how tough that is to, to uh especially get the running game going when everybody's not in sync or you have one guy in, one guy out. It's it's tough to go about your business that way, uh, especially for a talented back like Fournette. But He's back. The offensive line is a little bit healthier, and uh, he's starting to reap the benefits. We know what type of talent he is. He looks as though, uh, studying last week's film, he's having fun again. And when you there are no holes there and you're constantly being stopped in the backfield or at the line of scrimmage, it's no fun for not only a quarterback but uh, certainly a running back. 
Gardner Minshew seems like, you know, he's just continuing to build every single week on the last week's performance where his confidence is at an all-time, all-time high right now. So those are two weapons. There's certainly a lot more that are around those two that, that will be a factor in, in Sunday's game. But they, they look like a very good young offensive team that, that's starting to turn the corner and starting to compete at a high level. Minshew is kind of making it, I hate to say look easy, it's not easy, and maybe he's not making it look that easy, but he's a rookie, Andre, and they're 4-4, four and four, and I know the competition isn't Super Bowl worthy, but you have to give him some credit here for coming in and doing a nice job. Yeah, I credit how he was coached in college, and being able to read uh, defenses and things of that, that goes a long way. When you can come to the line of scrimmage and see different looks and know how to attack certain defenses based on where the weaknesses are, uh, Mike Leach did an outstanding job with him. And I think that's he's part of a, a trend where uh, that's the way and the direction that the NFL is going. It's going more towards the, the spread looks, the, the, uh, the offenses, the air raid type offenses where guys are, are, uh, are prepared for what, what the NFL has in store from a defensive standpoint. Not a whole lot you can show him that he hasn't seen, to be quite honest. And, and uh, he is, uh, he is taking the coaching. He is, he's off and running with it and he's getting, he's improving each and every week. And you, you can actually see it uh, when you turn on the tape and, and watch it. All right. I'm looking at the Colts here going to Pittsburgh and we saw Pittsburgh. I hesitate to use the word struggle, but it was more of a struggle than we thought against the Miami Dolphins on yeah. Monday night. So what are you thinking of the Steelers hosting the Colts this weekend? Well, I think I go back to that game on Monday night against the Dolphins. I think it may have been one of those where you underestimate an opponent and a young team, you know, with Mason Randolph or Rudolph there as a quarterback. And, and uh, you, you just can't do that. There's a, there are a lot of young components to the Steelers. And then you're reading about the Dolphins and how the tank in the season and how, uh, you know, this, that, and the other, where it's going to be an easy game. It's just, we're at home. We'll roll the helmets out there and roll the balls out and we'll win and, and, and move on. Well, it's the NFL and you find yourself, uh oh, we're down 14 nothing. We better start playing. I think it was more, the, more of that than it was uh, a lapse of talent with the Steelers. Uh, going to in, or playing against Indy this week. This will be a tough game. It's one that, on paper, the Colts should be able to take care of the Steelers, but it's the NFL, and you never know. Any given Sunday, it can happen. Uh, we saw that Miami came out fighting, and then all of a sudden the Steelers reacted. This could. Uh, this is one of those where it's, the Colts should win it, but it could be a toss-up game. Yeah, and then you have the Titans in Carolina in North Carolina, so that's yeah. going to be interesting as well, Carolina coming off that bad loss. Seems to be coming down, you know, back down to earth. There was a lot of Kyle Allen. He suffered his first loss this past weekend. Um, I know they've got some injuries in Carolina, but uh, Tennessee is a team that is starting to roll a little bit. They're going on the road. Tannehill's starting to play some consistent football. And that's always been the scary thing about Tennessee is if they can get consistent quarterback play each and every week in and week out with a dominant running game. And and uh, I think that's exactly what uh, Coach Vrabel wanted. That's exactly what he's starting to get, and he's starting to reap the benefits of it. All right. Well, I'll see you on the plane, and, and I'll be the one jealous of looking at you sleeping like a baby while I'm wired and can't sleep because I have difficulty sleeping with air travel. Yeah, you got to get hydrated, man. Maybe something to help you doze off a little bit and uh, <clears throat> get on London's time as quickly as you possibly can because – 
when we get there, it'll be Friday, and and I, I would imagine relatively early. So you got the whole day. You can't just go to bed. So uh, you'll get some <laughs> sleep on the plane. I'll do my best. All right, my friend. We'll see you there. All right, buddy. My buddy Andre Ware. Now, Frank Frangi, voice of the Jaguars, has been to London many times calling Jags games. And let's get a little tour guide information from Frank as He's been there, Wembley Stadium, knows the lay of the land, and I really enjoy catching up with Frank always. i got to be your tour guide, right, Mark? I mean, I'm, an old, yeah. I'm an old veteran at this now. We go every year. Uh, it's uh, good to be on with you. Um, you know what? It's a fun trip. No, it's a fast trip for us. We've tried it a number of different ways. Uh, back in the day, we'd go for a whole week, get in there on Sunday, uh, and, and let the team get acclimated. That didn't go as well. So now we travel on Thursday. That's kind of the new thing. And I think that's what the teams are doing now. You know what? You, if you've been to London, if you haven't been to London, you got to do all the London stuff, right? you got to see Big Ben and the bridge and, and, the, and the eye and all that, which is kind of cool. Um, but it's a fun place. It's, uh, if, you, if you haven't been, it shuts down early. Um, you know, hard partiers like John Harris, it's going to be hard for him because they shut it down at about 11 o'clock. You know, <laughs> the old guys like you and I will be okay. But, uh, but it's a fun place. It's a, it's a fun place to go. On Saturday, they have sort of a street party to celebrate the NFL with both teams involved, which is a really cool thing. So for people that haven't been, Mark, it's, it's an awful lot of fun. So uh, I know you're going to have a good time over there. What do your players say about body acclimation, the body clock, getting yourself ready to play an NFL game? What have they learned over the years about it? You know, it's funny. We, we fly at night. We fly. We leave about 8 o'clock or so. Uh, eight-hour flight, so we get in there in what would be 4 a.m. our time, 9 a.m. their time. Uh, you try and sleep on the plane. That's the big thing. Uh, and they go right to practice. They they stretch, get loose, and then they go right to practice. What you don't want to do is sleep all day, and then you're never used to it. So the idea is to get right to practice, and then I think they have meetings afterwards, and then by then it's an early night because they're kind of tired. So that's what's worked for them in terms of the schedule. I think going Thursday, having a day or so to get acclimated, it hasn't been a big. It hasn't had a big, uh, a big effect on this team. I think they've gotten accustomed to it. I think they know how to do it now, and I think that's a big part of it. So I think they've, I think they've kind of learned the drill, Mark. I really do. I, I know all of us. First time I went, man, I don't think I ever got over. It. I think I was, I think I was mumbling during my game call, but by uh, by Monday or Tuesday, I think we felt more, uh, uh, more back to normal. But I think by now we're all kind of used to it. Frank Frangi, voice of the Jaguars, with us on Texans Radio. Okay, what about the fans? One more about London. The fans you see over there, I've heard that different jerseys are worn because they're NFL fans, not necessarily fans of the team. Yeah, I think there will be more Jags than anything else because we've become sort of the quasi-home team over there. So you'll see more Jags jerseys than you will other teams. But having said that, you'll see everybody. You'll see and teams with big followings that go for the first time I guess the Texans will be this way. I can tell you the first time we played the Eagles over there last year, there were tons of Eagles fans because they'd never made the trip before. But, yeah, you will see – they all wear jerseys too, bro. So you will see more mm-hmm. NFL jerseys from more different teams. I think the first year I went, I was kind of astounded by that, Mark. I think I probably counted 15, 16 teams. One walk around the stadium, I think I probably counted 15 or 16 for half of the NFL team. So it's, it's colorful. It's kind of neat. They've had to learn how to cheer. It's a different kind of cheer than you're used to. Uh, and believe it or not, even your players have to get used to that because you're, you know, your players are used to a certain cadence of the crowd. Home crowd acts a certain way. The road crowd acts a certain way. Well, these, these fans are learning kind of how to cheer a little bit. So it's a, it'll be a very different experience for you and for that team for sure. Frank Frangi, voice of the Jaguars with us. Okay, what about the team itself? Here you are at 500. Are you surprised? How do you feel about the first half of the season for the Jaguars? 
I got to tell you, and, and I and I think that the feeling around here is to have lost your quarterback eleven plays into the season, Mark. Eleven plays. You, you spent eighty-eight million dollars on Nick Foles, and you lose him eleven plays in. Then to have all the Jalen Ramsey stuff. Jalen wanted out of here. They, you know the whole story by now. By now about the. Uh, uh, the confrontation or the dis- the discussion with the front office that, that he asked for a trade a day later. Uh, I, I think everybody knows the drill. To lose your best defensive player, one of the best corners in the league, is not the best. To lose your quarterback 11 plays in, and then you look up and you're right in the middle of the race and you're 4-4, four and four, it's a pretty good 4-4. Four and four. Uh, the, the rookie quarterback's pretty good. I think everybody knows that now. Um, now look, they've beaten struggling teams. The Jets are struggling. The Bengals are struggling. The Broncos are struggling. The wins have come against bad teams. They have to see if they can do it against good teams, and that, of course, starts uh, in London. Uh, I thought the Texans-Jaguars game the first time around was a pretty good game. Uh, it came down to a two-point conversion, and Leonard Fournette was stopped about an inch short, and it was a one-point game. So, But, you no, know, I think all told, they feel pretty good about where this team is. Okay, what about Minshew? And I know you probably get asked all the time about what happens when Foles gets back, but what happens when Foles gets back, Frank? <laughs> I do get asked all the time. I don't think anybody knows that answer. I think let's see what happens in London. Uh, if the Jags win, that's three straight wins. Uh, he's played very well, 13 touchdowns, only two interceptions. He's way beyond where a rookie should be mentally. I think everybody knows that. Uh, he's got a good arm, not a great arm. He's mobile. Uh, he's got a, he's got a, a little moxie about him. There's something special about this guy. There's, nobody would debate that. Having said that, you're committed. This team committed themselves to Nick Foles. Uh, you don't make the commitment. Someone said, well, you got to play Foles. They're going to play Foles because they paid him. No, that has nothing to do with it. But you paid him because you're committed to him being your guy for the next three years. So I don't know which way they're going to go. Honestly, I don't know that Doug does. I asked Doug about that the other day, and he told me he really doesn't know. And, and, I, and I tend to believe him. I, I don't think they've decided. I think the feeling is there's an open date after the game. Play the game. See what happens when you play the game. Catch your breath, and then and then see what happens. My guess is, Mark, at some point, Nick Foles will quarterback this team again. Um, whether it's the week after the buy or not, we'll see. All right, tell me about DJ Chark and what you're getting out of him. I mean, this guy's really making a lot of noise right now with the six touchdowns, 660 yards. What are you seeing? Yeah, he's a good player. At LSU, he's got all the measurables. He's six foot four. He's 200 pounds. He can run. He reminds you, body. He reminds you of Hopkins a little bit in terms of the way he looks. Uh, came, he did not catch a lot of balls at LSU. Heck, he probably caught 50, 60 balls his whole career there. So for that reason, he wasn't the most seasoned or skilled guy. He had to learn how to catch the ball. He kind of fought the ball a little bit, Mark, his first year. Now he's really worked on that. He's a good pass catcher. And the other stuff was there. He's really fast. He's very athletic. He works really hard. He's got a toughness about him. He uh, He's good. Hey, this guy's going to be legit. It's a good. Re- we have never had a great receiving court. You know, we had we had Jimmy Smith and Keenan McCardell in the early years in the '90s, and since then it just hasn't been a very good core. Uh, it's pretty good now. Didi Westbrook's a good player. Chris Conley got buried a little bit in Kansas City, but now that he's here, he's a good player. So, wouldn't mind having a tight end. Tight end play hasn't been very good, but as far as the wide receivers, they've been pretty good. I thought you were on your way with Allen Robinson and Hearns and those guys. They were looking like a good young crew, but it never quite materialized, right? That was part of it. And, look, Alan Hearns is a really good player. Uh, and and Alan Hearns is the best teammate of all time. But those guys weren't very fast. We've gotten into a, we've gotten a time in the league, I, I think, and maybe you disagree with this, but we've gotten to a time in the league where possession receivers have had to give way to guys that can run. I mean, look at Hopkins and Fuller. I mean, who's faster than Fuller in this league? And he's the second-best receiver on your team. So 
I think we've got you know what I mean, Mark. I think we've gotten where guys have to run as good as as good as A. Rob and Hearns and Marquise Lee were. They all came into the league together. None of them took the top off the defense. Mm. These three guys can all run now. This is three guys that can run. They haven't had that before. What's different about Fournette, if anything? Seven hundred ninety-one yards. My goodness, five yards per carry. The guy's doing really well for you. Well, he's healthy. He was hurt most of last year, and last year it got away from the Jags for whatever reason. Uh, they had a lot of young guys. You, you started wondering if they were playing for each other or playing for themselves a little bit. I think they would tell you that uh, in a very introspective moment. I think most of the guys on the team would tell you that. Um, I think Leonard recommitted himself, went to Wyoming in the offseason. Mark really, really worked, got himself in great shape. Uh, he's he's the he's the running game now. He, he gets all the carries. He, they throw it to him out of the backfield and. Uh, I think he's healthy. I think he's in shape. I think he's a year older, a year more mature, and he's having a terrific year. But this whole team, look, I'm Jalen Ramsey's a magnificent player, and everybody hated to see him go because he's such a good player. And he was a hard worker, and he cared. He wanted to be the best in his craft. So there's no negative stuff about Jalen. Yet it got to where this team, I, I think this team plays for each other more now than it has in, in, in many, many years. I, I think you can sense that. I think you can feel that. And I think there's a pretty good vibe in that locker room. Frank Frangie, voice of the Jaguars, with us. Frank, give me a player or two that doesn't get pub that you think more people should be talking about. Somebody's doing well for you. Yeah, I think there's some under-the-radar guys. Some of the young second-year guys. Taven Bryant starting to play well along that defensive front. Um, uh, Josh Allen's getting a lot of pubs, so I guess he wouldn't qualify as that guy. He's getting a lot. I think mm. the two safeties, the two young safeties. Remember, they had Deshaun Gibson, who's there now, and and Barry Church, two veteran safeties who kind of anchored that defense when the team was the defense was so good two years ago. Well, they're gone. So the two young safeties, Jerry Wilson's played well, Ronnie Harrison's played well. This young defensive tackle, the first rounder a year ago, uh, Taven Bryan. When Taven Bryan came into the league, he's six foot five, two sixty five, and kind of looked in a uniform like JJ Watt. And everyone said he's JJ Watt. Well, he's not JJ. He's a tackle. He's a three technique. He's not an end. They tried him an end last year. He didn't play so well. So he's starting to play better. Uh, Dewan Smoot. Is a draft pick, a third rounder three years ago that they thought maybe they had missed on. Uh, he's got two sacks already. He's starting to play better. So some of the young guys, and I'll give you one more guy. Keep an eye on Trey Herndon, the cornerback, number 37, mm. Mark. He's a guy that had to, he's an undrafted guy out of Vanderbilt that had to go in and play when they traded Jalen. And people thought, oh boy. Well, he had two interceptions last week. And I mean good interceptions. I don't mean balls that popped in his hands. I mean, he went dove and went and got him. The week before against Cincinnati, he thought he had an interception that was overturned by replay. This guy's got two picks, almost three. He's been a really good cornerback for them. So he's played pretty well. Excellent stuff, Frank. All right, one more for you. I don't think anybody should be surprised that the AFC South has all four teams at 500 or better, but it's the way they got there, I think, that is a little bit of a surprise at the very least. What about the Titans and the Colts? Your quick thoughts on them. Yeah, I'm not surprised at Jacoby Brissett. I knew him a little bit when he was at Florida before he transferred to NC State. Uh, I, I said on my day, on my daily radio show, watch that he's not Andrew Luck. Nobody's Andrew Luck, but he is a really good player. And they will not take the step back that people think. And the people on the radio show with me look like I had a blue head, but I'm telling you, I'm not surprised by that. I don't know what to make of the Titans. I think they're a good, tough physical football team. Uh, Mariota got benched. Um, I'm not sure what to make of him. Uh, Mike Keith's a good friend of both yours and mine, and Mike and I talk about it a lot. I'm not sure he knew where they were headed with Mariota. Uh, so I don't know what to make of the Titans. A tough-nosed physical football team that finds a way to win. They know how to win. I'm not surprised by the Colts. I think Jacoby Brissett's a good player. I expected him to play well like he has. 
All right, Frank. Hey, thanks so much for the time, and good luck getting over there, and we'll see you across the ocean. Look forward to seeing you in London. Thank you, Mark. There's Frank Frangie, voice of the Jaguars, and that's going to do it for the Vandermeer's View podcast for this week. Check out all the other podcasts right here, wherever you got this one, or wherever fine podcasts are available. Don't forget, 8.30 kickoff, Central Time, Fox 26, Sports Radio 610, the Bull, 100.3 FM for the Texans and the Jags on Sunday. Have a great day, everyone, and go Texans!